Welcome, Welcome to Minority Corner. Corner with an Eke and James, the, the Wonder, Wonder Twins, Twins of podcasting. podcasting. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues. Only it's more black, queer, and ladylike. This week on Minority Corner, what are we talking about? Ooh, well, it is well, Anaka, you know what June is known for. You know what month June is known for? It's Pride. Um, well, actually, no. According oh. to the White House, oh. <laughs> uh, they posted on their website, June is known as National Home Ownership Month, African American Music Appreciation Month, Not National Caribbean American Heritage Month, National Ocean Month, and Great Outdoors Month. So, no, Pride's been canceled this year by the White House. What the hell, White House? Why do they got to pit us against each other? We can celebrate Caribbean music and African-American jams and Pride Month at the same time. I am not happy about that at all. Which which is why Minority Corner, who's part of the resistance, is going to resist that bullshit. And we're going to talk about Pride today, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, I am into that. Part of the resistance and celebration. Exactly. So, uh, first of all, it is actually, we're recording this on Monday, and it's been exactly one year since the Pulse uh, massacre. So we're going to do some remembering of Pulse. And along with that, specifically because it was a a club that was um, targeting Latino LGBT folks specifically on Latino night. So I want to recognize 10 Latinos, Latinas who slay. Yes. I am into it. Yes. And what are you doing, aside look, looking like a homeless lady? You know what? I am wearing beanie, sweatshirt chic, and I'm into it. But mm-hmm. what You're going to see the Olsen twins are going to snatch your look, and you're going to be like, hold up. I don't mind. Hold up, little white girl twins. You know what? They okay. can take it. It's, I'm an inspiration. I'm a muse. But contrary to how I am okay. bundled up dressed, it is summer. Right? It Ooh, is June. Yes children are out you are taking your summer yes. vacations and i am here to give you some feminist monuments to visit while you are traveling around the country and the world well listen she's gonna plan up your vacation plans for you ladies and gentlemen you are welcome i'm just gonna say it in advance you are welcome yes <laughs> so get out those laptops get out those apps that book travel and get ready because here take some notes and take some notes and fire up the <laughs> app because here we go My babies come back from the from summer camp. I don't know what is this voice. What is this? Do you hear this mama I, voice? Who is she? I don't know. I don't. My know babies come it is. back. I, <laughs> Yo, ma- mama lot. miss it's, you. Okay, <laughs> mama bear done miss you. Ooh, this is a lot to come back to. This is good. so. <laughs> and I just got back from summer camp. For those of you who were at Max FunCon, maybe you got a glimpse of the Minority Quarter Princess. It's true. Um, I prefer Queen. Um. <laughs> but is it Princess like Cuter? Like R and B? There's no R and B Queen. There's like R and B Princess. Listen, James. Okay. All right. I well, am in my thirties. Oh. And okay. Nothing is sadder than a woman in her thirties claiming that she's a princess or something. I am a queen. And if you want to, you can spell queen with a W. Okay. I am extra can I, queen. Can I even do it with like a, a Q and a, a K and a W? You'd be like, yes, K W double E and an N. Okay. Um. It, yes, y- but I came back from Max FunCon West, which was how was it? Tell me all the things. So much fun. First of tell all, me, tell me all. 
I had major social anxiety when I was getting there. Everybody, but everybody was like super friendly and completely helped me get through Yay. my fear of meeting new people. It was hosted at Lake Arrowhead, which is Ooh. beautiful. Gorgeous. It was so nice to gorgeous. get away, right? So nice. The bed was wonderful to sleep Ooh, in. The okay. food was delicious, but most of all, the company was like amazing. I hung out with and met so many new people. I want to give shout outs to all the people that I, I met and had fun and hung out with. I'm not going to name y'all because it's just too many. And I would feel bad if I so left anybody out because everybody, literally everybody was so nice. So if you met Aneka, you were included in this roundtable gratitude of Love Fest of Max FunCon. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I taught a class. Everybody in my class was fucking amazing. What was your class? It was called How to Side Are Your Heroes and yes. Show Them the Receipts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is a class that I think every American needs to take. I think I need yes. a refresher course because I think I know, but it's been a while. Thank you, because the internet is filled with crapola. And I wanted to just give a little bit of tips and start some conversation about analyzing all the information that you process. And thank thankfully, I had two small sessions, uh, mighty, small but mighty, mighty sessions. Small. Yeah, that absolutely. Were, that were super intimate and super like just great conversation about the state of affairs of information and what we can do just to make sure that we are consuming information cautiously and not assuming everything that's out there mm. is fact and true. Mm -hmm. um, great groups. Everybody was super friendly after that. I hung out with them, drank a lot. There's a dance party sure. that Dan Deacon was a DJ for, and he was amazing. Well, I want to circle back to your class for a second before we get to the big dance party where I don't know if Trashella showed up, but we'll find out. She did. Okay, good. All right, cool. Awesome. <laughs> Um, so Trashella was there. Let's get back to her in a second. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I love is that you are essentially creating research warriors, you know, yes. through your class. You're helping to groom and develop research warriors. James, this is why we are on the same page and host this show together and mm. are the Wonder Twins of podcasting because I, I mean, literally told every single class well, the two classes that I taught, that they are now my information warriors. Damn, we got the synergy on lock. We do. I was like, oh. you guys are now my boots on the ground and you need to Damn. go spread the information. I love it. All the snaps. All the snaps. Okay. Also, now what is the... going on in the background? What? Do you hear something? I hear like cats. Okay. No, the... I'm glad you brought this up because it's not cats. <laughs> oh. It is children. And I will oh. say this. New York City, you were on watch. Okay. Because I see you. So I, not to start. I don't want to digress too much from your Max Fun thing, but summertime has just hit. Oh, are you being murdered? It's just the heat. When the heat kicks in in New York City, these folks lose their goddamn mind. And then, okay, it's only like 89, 90 degrees. I get it. Winter was rough. And okay, that's hot. I Every oh, but we know it's going to get hotter. Like hold hotter on than to ninety your, degrees. That's hold, as hot. It's gonna get up to like late ninety. Like it's eighty nine degrees. It's that's it's warm. Ugh, no, I use you. hot. I use hot for when it's kicking up to like ninety eight, ninety nine, a hundred. That's hot because like if you're already like ah, it's hot. Well, yeah. you're gonna have a very shitty time <laughs> when the oven gets kinked up. And yeah. my big pet peeve as Mister Californian in uh huh, you got me on a roll here. Yeah, I know. I'm just letting I, you go through this. I I just was like seeing this madness take place. I'm like New York City, calm the fuck down. Maybe yeah. it's all the people and all the anxiety but there every corner i turn on there's like a, i'm like where'd this river come from where and i what? follow the Water? trail it's a fucking 
fire hydrant. Why did they turn like, those things on? That's the thing. That's why I'm saying it's only like 89 degrees. Save that for when it is 99, True. 100 degrees. It is literally, I've seen three fire hydrants going off. And I'm from California. We don't do that shit. Could we conserve imagine? our water. My inner Californian baby child is like, Oh, no! Just to There's be so like loose and fancy free with water over there, you guys are living in luxury. Living We're, the luxury life. I'm in like Mad Max Thunderdome over here. It's like it dust is. planet. You conserve <laughs> that water over there because it is the next. The the wars of the 20th century fought over oil. The wars of the 21st century fought over water. And it, California, ground zero. It is. Ground it's so zero. It's so true. And I just keep hearing that song in my head when I learned when I was a kid. Wasting water. Turn it up. Turn it up. And that's all I hear. I know. See? I don't know that song, though. But I, I will. when you're a kid. I'll give you that. So back to so, Max FunCon. Yes. All right. I, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I did not drink enough water and found you say didn't drink enough alcohol. I was no, like, really? I had plenty of that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And okay, every other drink, as my therapist says, non-alcoholic, because you gotta pace yourself. It's true. Okay, so here's the thing. First night they had a this is how cute and quaint it was. They had a bonfire Ooh. where you can have oh. s'mores. But of course they had beer and and alcohol there. So I stuffed about six marshmallows in my mouth, called it a day and began to consume all the beer that was in front of me. Um, like, I'm ready. You're like, you, you felt like you had a good base. You coated the stomach with some marshmallowy goodness. And then I proceeded to talk to these gentlemen that were from all over the country. So it's Max oh. Fun Con West, but people from all over the country come to this thing. And people love a Max Fun Con. They do. And I didn't, I found out about a food chain that I had no idea about. What food chain? Bojangles. Oh, yeah, I know about Bojangles. You know about Ooh. Bojangles? Girl, I know about the Bojangles. How? Yeah, I, because I was up in D.C. and there was like, there's a Bojangles and it's I thought delicious. it was the most hilarious thing in my life. <laughs> Why? Because it's like Bojangles? It's yes, the because the name is ridiculous. <laughs> Who's going to be like, oh, I'm going to Bojangles for some chicken? Like, get the, what the fuck? Like, who the? I... I would put Bojangles, like if anyone was going to make good chicken, I'd put my money on Bojangles. I would put my name on Bo. <laughs> Bojangles. Would? Why? He sounds, like, he sounds like a man who, because you know what? He sounds like he's probably from Louisiana or somewhere down in the South, and they okay. know how to do fried chicken. And I bet he's going to get some great ass, like collard greens and mashed potatoes, maybe even some gumbo. You All never right. know with okay. okay, I'll give you that. So, well, I spent the first night giggling about Bojangles for an hour. There it is. And then... A few drinks in. <laughs> and then the second night, I went to this dance party, and literally twirled myself to death in the middle of the dance floor. I was just like, Beautiful. this is my jam and danced yes. around forever. Cause they had signature cocktails that were there. Mm. I really have to, and I am not like trying to be like senorita advertisement right now, but if there is, but it's the, tr <laughs> I'm telling the fucking truth right now where it's like, she's speaking <laughs> the gospel of the truth of the max fun, uh, max fun con. I am like, if, you, if there are still some tickets left to Max Funcon East, where you, James, will be at, or be there. you're considering going next year to Max Funcon, either one of them, I highly suggest it. I had so much fun. Like, I met so many people, literally had so many sweet conversations with people. Somebody came up to me at the end and was like, thank you. You were one of the, the first people who were nice to me when I was having social anxiety. Aww. And literally this person was that for me. 
I was wow. standing there having social anxiety. And then I turned to this dude and we both started talking and we both were able to just kind of have conversation. And it was one, literally everybody's super friendly. It was, it was the best. It was literal summer camp. What I love, so get your tickets now. And I is absolutely right. And it's, I, you know, they pitch it. I remember listening to the commercials uh, before on, for, for Max Fun Con, and they literally pitch it as like, it's like summer camp. And it is like summer camp. Like, it is. And at first you, you're a little apprehensive about going, but then once you're there, it's like, you know what? I noticed, noticed when I first, when Nike first got there, I was like yeah. texting my little baby girl, making sure she was okay. Yeah. She was texting. And then as the three days went on, I heard less and less from my baby girl. She was just <laughs> off. Just as you do. They grow up so fast and they have such a good time without you. That's awesome. This is cracking me up because I love how you're just like going right along with me where you're like, yes, it is like summer camp. It is the best. Only purely based off of me texting you. Yeah. Because that's how I knew. I was like, damn, she is having a good ass time. You know how I knew? I didn't hear from you. It's true. <laughs> After, I'm like, sorry. The, I just got so the, busy. No, no apologies. I understand. I was like, she's having a good time. If I was it's hearing true. from you all the time, then I would have been concerned. So I was glad to not uh, hear from you until just now. And then also, I feel like um if i had a bad time i would have told you on text message i'd be like james this is stupid and we wouldn't even bring it up on the podcast i know we wouldn't <laughs> we would just go on to our next conversation we just gloss over i'd be like yeah i went <laughs> it was wonderful oh i'm so glad you had a good time and you're gonna be on an episode you guessed it on lady to lady i have to thank the ladies to lady ladies. lady to lady podcast listen to their podcast it's amazing i don't if i'm gonna be on their next podcast i think we video okay. recorded it but i'm not sure if we like actually okay. recorded it but it was fun okay. lots of laughs everybody was cracking up i love those ladies um tess brandy and barbara you guys are the best you're the rock they are all stand-up comedians they did stand-up sets at the beginning of the whole thing awesome if you can see them live um, either listen to Lady Lady or go see them perform their stand-up. They're hilarious. It's the best. Check them the fuck out. And this is how magical Aneke is. When Aneke first met them, if you remember back <laughs> in our Chicago episodes, yes. Aneke had a little date with a certain um, holiday bratwurst that brought yes. down the end to her stomach. So street Aneke, like, meat. Street meat street is terrible for the gut. Be careful, especially in the holiday, those holiday Christmas corner like towns, villages that pop up. <laughs> Well, she was like puking her guts out and like was meeting them at this. We had an after party for uh, the Chicago Podcast Festival. Right. Them, I did not want to go, go but I powered in through. the bathroom and then mm -hmm. went back to meeting them. And they were like, come on our show because you're amazing. So even when Aneke is puking her guts out, she's still fucking amazing, y'all. I so, got that charm. It wasn't even does. drunk pukes. That, that's like so disappointing that I just I puked because I ate a bad sausage. <laughs> but is that disappointing? I feel like I'd rather like I think it'd be worse to be the drunk puker because it's like, damn, she's got issues. I guess, she's but I just feel out. like eating a bad sausage is like I was fully that's expecting food, that sausage to satisfy my my hunger needs. Exactly. So life just happened. Life was just like I got a plot twist for you, and it <laughs> happened. So there it is. So I don't know if you saw this, because I don't know what, uh, on the campsite if they have um, it's called internet or I don't know what your guys's connection. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, so I don't know if you saw this, but the Black Panther trailer premiered. Ooh, Jamesy James. I watched that when I was drunk after twirling on the dance floor, and I nearly screamed <laughs> to myself from my bed because it was oh. a thing of beautiful magic. I have to see this movie. It is black excellence already in a trailer. Yep. It is so fantastic. <laughs> there's, there's one shot. 
of Angela ba- Davis, not Angela Davis, Angela Bassett. Although Angela Davis, I think, has a small cameo. She does not. She does not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she should. Everybody's in it. start this petition. Aren't we in start it? Start this petition. Every bla- black excellence. It's just a migrate. Felicia Rashad. She's migrated into it. <laughs> uh, move over, Empire. This is where it's the it's the one stop black stop. I say it's the better black excellence. stop, too. Sorry, Empire. I would agree. Oh, don't be sorry. I would plus one to that one. Uh, but this is great shot of Angela Bassett looking badass, amazing. She, it's like they gave us, they gave us, <laughs> they gave us just a little bit of what Storm would have been with Angela Bassett because she's got her white hair looking all glorious and African. She had those white dreadlocks. It's the best. Now, what I wanted, so if you haven't seen the Black Panther trailer, go see it. It's fucking amazing. And when I saw that trailer, I was, I had this thought in my head. I was like, mm-hmm. mm, there could be some white people who are going to have a, some problems with this. And then, of really? course, when I go look on, Oh, girl. Who the had problems? All, who didn't? So remember, it. so here's what happens. Okay. Here's what happens. So you have a movie that is called Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. It already starts to make certain white people a little uncomfortable, right? And then the second is, is that some jackal uh, and uh, some reporter, um, he re- tweeted out or something or did an article that was referencing. There's a picture of I think Huey P. Uh, Huey P. New- Huey P. Newton. Yes, from the right? Black Panthers. From the Black Panthers. Yes, of him sitting on like a black, like a black African throne. No, he's sitting on a um, wicker chair. Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they match that picture with the Black Panther poster, which is like T'Challa, I, you know, the Black Panther sitting on his throne because he is the king of Wakanda. Right. The word militant has been used to describe this poster and trailer. You, anytime I think that if you, when you get a bunch of non-white people together yeah. being amazing, right. it makes white people, white some white people feel uncomfortable. And so they're going to, like, for an entire less than a year, uh-huh. there's already, like, things starting. Like, it's just gonna be, I, I knew it when I saw this trailer, it's like, they're gonna have issues with this. Like, I just... There's gonna be certain conservatives that are gonna have issues with it. And it's like, it's like, it's like when they found out Beyonce was black. It's like formation all over again. I just like think it's stupid. Just brought up to someone's face. I think it's oh, stupid. Agreed. Because, well, first of all, I saw this and I think that it's actually a really smart reference to have um, yes. Chala sitting on the throne in the exact See, same way that Huey P. Newton was sitting on the classic Black Panther picture. Yes. I think. Do that, you think it was purposeful for that? You, th- you think yeah. it was purposeful in their marketing of that? Nothing mm-hmm. is not purposeful when it's in media mm, nothing is not purposeful you. everything okay. ha- is done for a reason and that was done for a reason mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think what we need to do instead of and i noticed this with beyonce as well we need to re-image the black panthers people need to stop yes. thinking about the black panther group as yes. a terrorist group when really they were just responding to police brutality that had gone on and still goes on to this day. I think I did a whole episode on oh, it. So yeah, you absolutely did. I wanted to reference this. This is, it was uh, right after the Super Bowl. It was looking it up. It is minority corner season two, episode three, back when we were yeah. doing some weird numbering. Yeah, yeah that's so, right. Um, the episode is there. Go take a refresher, get the information about the history of the black Panthers. And that guy's got you covered. And what is the problem in referencing the Black Panthers, a group of people who protected their community when the government was not there for their community, and a group that essentially got free lunches for kids in need in California? Right. 
I don't, it just bothers me so much that people can't let us have this thing. Like, why do they have to be upset about it? Like, why, why can't you enjoy it? Like, this is literally a comic book action movie Mm -hmm. that isn't even 100% black. You got fucking Bilbo Baggins up in it, and you also got Gollum all up in it. So, you got... Oh, yeah, it is Bilbo. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is the yeah, Lord. Thank you. Middle Earth is just coming on up in that Marvel universe. I told you. So um, <laughs> from like Lord of the Rings, which is literally all white. And we didn't like, say boop. We weren't like. Mm-mm. We didn't say shit just, about it. Yeah. We just went and enjoyed the goddamn movie like normal people who like to watch movies and eat popcorn. So why can't people go Watch this excellent movie, eat some popcorn, enjoy the entertainment, and then go live your life instead of making this weird fuss. Anybody who is mad about this movie is racist. Hands down, number one. Absolutely. I don't care if you like your uncle. He's racist if he's upset about this movie. And I think that you're talking about folks who are used to being the center of the storyline. Right. And also this movie is the... Also what I love about this movie in particular is that it has the most female characters in it than any other Marvel movie to date. Oh, so not shit, only really? is it going to be have the most black representation, it's got the most female characters and females being badass. I mean, he is surrounded by badass females. Like, that's his whole entire shtick is that, like, he's got these female warriors yeah. that, like, are his bodyguards. And can I just bring up one point, too? It's not mm. only it's black women, which I have to be very excited about. I have to give props to mm. Kevin... Feige, 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 Feige. Because Don't, I knew you were going to bring that to me. You're like, you're at Marvel. You're right, you know? Help me Listen, with this. Nobody knows at Marvel. Because <laughs> I have to give him props because one, mm. Black Panther, hella black ladies representing. Two, Spider-Man. Mm. The two romantic leads in Spider-Man are black women. Thor, mm. Tessa Thompson, romantic lead, mm. black woman. Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. oh, Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy, black mm-hmm. woman. And he has our patron saint, Angela Bassett, being a queen. <sighs> like, literally, Finally. this is the one of the hugest tentpole summer movie tropes. Marvel is doing it up, and they're celebrating black women and black people. Like, I, I'm ecstatic. I am I mean, over the moon. C- could it just be February already? All, could it already be February? Not to mention release it in the blackest ass month too. Whew, oh, February. you know what? <laughs> Didn't even put two and two together. <laughs> well done. Ooh, it is going to be a black history month to remember. It's going to be on cloud oh, ass nine during fucking God. February. <laughs> Absolutely. And so this is what I say. I say I continue to uh, talking with your dollars because I think it's showing up. Like the stuff like we're we've been we we said no to all those Egyptian things that were all uh, different uh. forms of white. Right. We said no to that. Uh we said no to Danny Rand and his, you know, white ass uh-uh, trying to get out of here. Yeah, but we said no to that. Uh and, and and it's speaking. So continue speaking with your dollars. And also we rescued Angela Davis from the de- not Angela Davis. <laughs> Leave she's Angela fine. Davis alone. She's just is teaching. She okay? She's she just trying to like mentally communicate to me right now because she keeps coming up in my brain. Angela Dia D- Well, she doing was okay, a Black girl. Panther, so maybe that's why. So it does tie in. She should get a cameo. Instead of Stan Lee getting a cameo, they should have Angela Davis be like well, look at this or yeah. something, you know, <laughs> reading a comic book or something in the background, just like, oh, hey, I'm not mad um, at that. But we rescued Angela Bassett it was supposed to be I uh, she was in the DC universe during Green Lantern. Oh. She played Amanda mm-hmm. Waller, nope. which now Viola Davis now has that part. But whatever. Oh, well, she I feel like this is better. We can't save them all. 
Angela Bassett looks so good with those white dreadlocks. She's that like, is like a is... look I am about to do when uh, I am in I... my elder Ooh. stages of life. Okay. Mm. All right. It's just holding it down. Well, I'm glad that you got to see. And if you haven't seen, go ahead. Check it out. Black Panther. We'll be talking about this for months to come. Yeah, hang on to your butt because you're going to be hearing us go on and on, clack-a-lacking about this movie. But actually, you know what? I do this thing now. I actually, I've already seen, once I see the teaser trailer, I'm good. And in fact, when I'm in the theaters, if my seat's already reserved, if I'm going to like a movie, I actually show up at like 10 minutes behind. I don't want to see any more trailers. I want to be oh. pleasantly surprised. Yeah. In fact, like we were watching Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and I just sat there with my eyes closed and ears plugged as the, spider, as the Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I'm dead serious. I'm not going to stop it. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. As the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer played because I don't, I hate spoilers. I want to, I'm going to see it. You don't need to sell me on it anymore. I hear so I'm you. I'm covering my ears. I'm done. I'm already there. I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to know nothing. I am on the fence. Some movies I'm like, ooh, give me that trailer. I want to see it. I want to experience it. And then sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, this trailer's showing me too much, you know? I like a good trailer mm-hmm. with some mystery to it. Like this, the Black Panther trailer, I thought was perfect. Like, I don't know it, still what's going on in that movie. Yep, don't need to know except just black excellence and amazingness. Yes. Well, I would like to move on and get on over to my corners, so shall we do it? Yeah. James's Corner, it's your corner, James. All right, so it is still... <laughs> Just a big old my, long pause for that. <laughs> you give me a good segue, so I feel like all all the work was done. It was time to hit the ground running. Yeah, so, let's do it. Um, okay, yes. Um, so in honor of Pride Month, we're still we're still in it. And especially, like, yes. well, first of all, just a big fuck you to the White House for leaving. How are you going to name all those other things and not... It was That's inten- shade. Intentional. That's some shady-ass bullshit that they pulled, and I don't like it. So in honor of that, I specifically, like, you know, it's been a year since the Pulse Massacre. And for me, it's one of those days mm-hmm. that I... There's certain days I will never forget. You know, right, it was life. terrible. Like, I will never Horrific. forget. I'll never forget the um, 9-11. For me, it's yeah. like I always know where I was and what was happening there. Uh, for Pulse, like that, I know exactly that day. You're the one that broke the news to me when I was on uh, Fire Island with my now ex-boyfriend. You know, and I just, yeah. I mean, it just, it's so, you know, when your community and your, your place of, of feeling safety is attacked and I just want to make sure that we are acknowledging like for me it's like pride will always be associated with this other thing as well um mm. which is interesting because like the history of the pride marches are from the stonewall you know um r- riots so it's right. it's it's in trend it's like you know it's very median to, to the the violence of a certain community. Mm. Now, specifically with the like, you know, I think something that kind of gets glossed over is remembering that it was specifically a Latino night that right. the Pulse nightclub was attacked on. So you have a lot right. of Latino folks um, who were killed. It was about forty nine people were killed last year in the Pulse massacre, and fifty were yeah. injured. And that happened about a year ago today and there's different moments of silences and things that are happening um so take a moment to definitely reflect to give pause yeah. to give love to give reflection to give healing so this good. was the um did you know this was the deadliest or if you remember it was the deadliest mass shooting in modern day history right yeah i know and it like i feel like nobody is really billing it as such and we should be 
Mm-hmm. Well, we just did. So Minority Corner okay, laid that track down in case nobody else did. You heard yeah. it here. And there's actually, you know, it's interesting just to pause back and take a step back that there's a history of violence towards LGBT Latinos, specifically in Florida. I don't know if you remember about Anita Bryant. Remember her? Remember Anita Bryant? Freak like me? No, that's a different Anita. Freak. Oh, that's Anita Howard. That's it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh shit. But I'm works sorry. So I'm sorry. Well, you know, what? I'm glad you brought this up because sometimes people get those two ladies confused, and you should not. Because Anita Bryant back in 1977 was not a freak like her. She was a very conservative, oh, very conservative lady. Back in 1977, she targeted the LGBT community, and she actually successfully spearheaded a campaign to overturn a county ordinance that shielded lesbian gays and bisexuals from discrimination in housing public Ew. accommodations and employment so she was not a freak like her nope she was an asshole then she was an asshole like her and she also got a pie in the face did you ever see that clip where there's this woman yes talking oh yeah that's, that's right that's her she okay. got the pie in the okay. face so that's her hateful woman she i should have started woman. off with that anita bryant got the pie in the face and you would have known okay. yeah anita howard was somebody from the who 90s was bomb who... ass yeah. right she was a freak <laughs> And I mean that in a good way. Two different categories. Very two different Anitas. Very two two very different Anitas. Could you have two different Anitas sitting at a table? You know, yeah, yeah, couldn't be any more different. No. Um, and so Bryant, the thing that she did is she appealed to the family-oriented nature that and implied to immigrants and making Miami a more welcoming place for gay people would lead to a situation so bad that you would have to leave again, is a quote that she said. And That's such bullshit. Ah, oh, it makes through, me mad. And, and through her campaigning, um, Cuban-American gay leaders like uh, Oviedo Ramos um, uh-huh. He took his own life through all the harassment oh. that he was getting around this time. Once his ordinance got passed, he was no. getting so much harassment. And then Manuel Gomez, a Cuban-American um, who took over after Ramos, he became like a leader of the local gay Latino organizations down in Miami. And mm. several mm. people responded by firebombing his car. What the fuck? So Ugh. there's this history of violence towards Latino LGBT, specifically in the Florida area. So what I yeah. want to do is take a time in to celebrate specifically LGBT Latinos, um, because there's we, we hear so much of the bloodshed. I want to celebrate some folks who are out there making great, amazing progress. Um, yes. So I'm going to give off some honorable mention to Sylvia Ray Rivera. I think we already know a lot about Sylvia Ray Rivera. Uh, if you don't know anything about her, go to episode four. And Ooh, yeah. I, uh, way back about, time machine. Yeah. Where we talked about the Stonewall riots. Uh, yes. Then. And so Sylvia Rivera, she was a transgender activist and drag queen. Uh, she led both the Gay Liberation Front and the Gay Activist uh, Alliance, her along with her close friend, Marsha P. Johnson. Yeah. So lots of history. We literally are celebrating Pride this month because of some of the work that she did. Controversially, she said Ooh. she was at the Stonewall. Okay. Just between you and just because between you and I. Ooh, a squirrel friends. What I heard was is that mm. she said that she was there at the Stonewall, like at the riots, but apparently uh-huh. someone said that maybe she wasn't there. So I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. Trying to place her. Okay, you know. But what? you know what? Okay. But you know what? She because you know I what? wasn't her, there. So I wasn't there either. I can't say and whether anything. she was there or not. She was there in spirit, and she did all this great, amazing work too. So I get why right. you would want to say that you were. Though one day maybe she didn't go out for a drink. All this shit goes down. Goes down. She so, still did the work. All of those that were there, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure all those that were there did a lot of work. But those who weren't there didn't do as much work as she did. I guess. I'm, Does that make know, sense? I I'm see. trying to say that yeah. she did enough work. Yeah, because she did. She mm-hmm. did enough work to say she was there. So whatever. Right. Exactly. 
she you know who wasn't there danny white what's his face that one dude yeah, who became that the star of that character from the Stonewall movie. movie fuck that how dare yeah. that guy who made the movie and go back to episode four if you want to hear anger and frustration but because we'll <laughs> it's all there in a time machine that was episode of anger. four yeah that was our wow. early days yeah look at we us did that. a good job that was, that was 80 a good episodes. episode that was 80 episodes ago so just, yeah. <laughs> what have we been doing anyways so, number one giving it up uh latino latinas who slay Mary Edna Gonzalez, who was elected in 2012 in El Paso as the representative for House District 75. Mary made history as she became the only openly gay state lawmaker in Texas and the first woman to represent El Paso's eastern lower valley in in the state house. Yes. I just and then I googled her because I was back in 2012 and some of the articles and stuff that I was uh, taking from were written a few years ago so I was seeing if there was any updates and then I I just spied really quickly her Wikipedia page she's no longer at first she was a lesbian now she's out as a pansexual so she's now the first pansexual politician so she's doing her thing yes get it lady Um, now number two yes goes to Daniel Hernandez Jr. How does Daniel okay. Hernandez Jr. slay? Well, to Nan- Daniel Hernandez Jr., um, he became a national hero and was hailed by President Obama after he saved Congresswoman Gabrielle Gifford's life. And, it, and remember the Gabrielle Gil- Gifford? She got shot in the she, face, right? She got shot in the face. Yes, absolutely. And she's still her, she's still in politics as well. She um, is. She's like, we're covered and back at it. Yep, yep. And she's doing really good work still. Um, you know, she got right back up. So during that 2011 shooting, he was right there. He was like, yeah. uh, helped to save her life. And, oh, wow. Um, it, a fun little story. It was his first week as an intern that week. Could you imagine? That was his first and fucking he was week? An intern. Oh, right? my God. Like, Hero. usually when you're an intern, you're like, I'm going to get some coffee. He fucking saved his boss's like, life. Hero. Interns need to be stepping it up. So um, <laughs> I hope he was a paid intern. I hope so, too. We better pay our interns because they are our first people responders. They're saving our lives. Saving our lives. We need an intern because sometimes we'd be saying stuff. I don't want no Jennifer Hudson coming after me. You know, she gets, you know. What's our intern? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> block you from Jennifer Hudson? Yes. Uh, I don't like your impressions. And I'm telling you, I'm a good show intern. Damn, girl. Oh, so, um. <laughs> Little like uh, so, Daniel. He was the son of a Mexican immigrant, and I did a little extra research on him, and he was elected to the Arizona House of Representatives in 2016. So, a lot of people are like, "Ooh, 2016 was so bad." Well, Daniel Hernandez, he is working his way up that ladder, and so those are two names to definitely keep an eye out for. Like this man. He's going to be doing some stuff, right? He is already a hero, saving lives, and now he's yes, he already is a hero. And he is committed to preventing and raising awareness on anti-gay bullying, which we talked about last week. So I love, and this is why it's so important to have representation in our forms of government because they're supposed to be the voices of the people and how we can't expect, you know, straight white dudes to, to care about our issues. So we need to get, uh, we need to get seats at the table. Especially when the White House is bullying our queer community as well by not promoting Pride Month on the damn page. Absolutely. And you know what else he did? So just a little sidebar. So today, I guess uh, he said uh, Trump tweeted out, you know, we will never forget hashtag Orlando United Day. But he also just signed an executive order allowing discrimination against gay folks under the guise of religious freedom. So... 
You can tweet one thing, but your actions are saying a whole other thing. Your so. actions mean more than your goddamn tweets. I'm so sick of him. I'm sick mm-hmm. of it. He's mm-hmm. turning me into a curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. That's He's turning okay. this world, this country into a curmudgeon. <laughs> I want my Aneke back. I remember when she was <laughs> not a curmudgeon. Does that explain why you're wearing that beanie and sweatshirt? Anyways. Um. This is just a relaxed look. You need oh, to enjoy okay. this look. <laughs> I like how Stop I don't have an option on my relaxed look. I just am trying to get some more information. I'm curious. It's new to me, so I'm wondering out loud. I'm wondering out loud. If you don't Sometimes ask the you questions, you just gotta wear beanie and some sweatshirts and a sweatpants in the summer. I can't. All right. It, so you know. number three is going to Bambi Salcedo. Okay. Um, Bambi Salcedo is a transgender activist who spearheaded many projects benefiting transgender youth, including Angels of Change and the mm. Trans Latina Coalition and the Trans Lives Matter National Day of Action. And mm. most notably, Bambi, among her many speeches, spoke at the White House for the 2012 Women and Girls National HIV AIDS Awareness Day. She has also participated in the People of Color Conference and the United States Conference on AIDS in 2009 and 2012. Mm. So doing the work. Doing cool. the work. And Love number it. four, um, to one of her sisters, Victoria Cruz, who is also a transgender activist and counselor for domestic abuse. Yes. Victoria was honored with the 2012 Justice Department's National Crime Victim Service Award. So Cruz works with the New York City's Anti-Violence Project, so the AVP, and that was an organization that was founded in 1980 in reaction to incidences of anti-LGBT violence and the failure of the criminal legal system to respond. Ah. So Cruz wow. has pretty much dedicated her entire life towards, um, you know, helping folks um, who've, you know, victims of violence and abuse. So amazing sort of thing. Hero. hero, hero work. And number five is going to go to, I'm going to split this to both Pedros. There's two Pedros. They're going to split this okay. together. Okay. So the first is Pedro Julio Serrano. He is a human activist and the president of Puerto Rico Para Todas. Oh, what does that mean? Para Todas. And that is a nonprofit organization that fights for equality of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender individuals in Puerto Rico. Yes. And in 1998, he made history by becoming the first openly gay and HIV positive political candidate in the history of Puerto Rico to run for office. Did he win? I don't think so, because he currently lives okay. in New York City, but at least okay. he ran. Um, hey. So, hey, breaking, gotta... breaking that barrier, running, and proving it, it can be done. Absolutely. And actually, you know what? And this this is just run, because, you know, actually, a friend of mine who, I think he's like in his 60s now, but he almost became the mayor of, I think, some small town in the South, I think, like, in Virginia or something. Uh-huh. And he ran just because, like, the mayor just kept being, an, was the incumbent. And so the mayor, and the mayor was doing a shitty job. And he was like, well, fuck, I'm going to run against this mayor that everybody hates. And he would have, he was tracking to win. Yeah. And he was, like, barely doing anything and just saying, like, hey, I'm going to run. And then this other guy was like, wait, I'm going to run, too. And then no! he ended up winning. But it forced <laughs> that other fucking incumbent shitty ass mayor out of office out of there that's good but my friend would have been like this gay mayor in this small ass town that's how much like this home would have been town amazing hated that mayor so much they're like well i know he's gay but we don't like this, this guy. current mayor is not leaving and we need to get him out and so i also i said the pedros because i when i was talking about this pedro it reminded me of pedro uh-huh. zamora who yes you are, from real right? world from the real world real world three san francisco and right. 
Pedro, it was like revolutionary for him because he was, I was the first person I think to be on television um, who had HIV. Yes, he was like super revolutionary. Like yeah. it was still the 90s. People are still being shady about talking about it. And... It was like 1993. Like this is like, woof. Right. And he was young and handsome and vibrant, so it, it gave a different face than what was normally being portrayed on the news. It's funny you should mention that because even President Bill Clinton at the time credited uh, Pedro with personalizing and humanizing those living with HIV, uh, HIV especially to those li- in the Latino community. Um, mm-hmm. And he did a lot of activism, including he had, oh, that's right, he did a testimony before Congress. Oh, right. And I remember, like, his fellow cast members showed up with him. Yeah, except I think Puck was... Puck said some questionable things after, like, the series well, had ended. But Puck, Puck also, like, also beat his an wife asshole. and shit. Yeah, yeah so, Puck was the Anyways, worst. all the snaps to you, Pedro Zamora. Like, you just, like, what a guiding light. Oh, by the yes. way, Pam mm-hmm. and Judd, who met on that show, are still married. Oh, I know. I saw them. I was standing in line when I was in San Francisco, yeah. like, two years ago. I think I talked about this on the podcast. I was in line yeah. for brunch, and there they were, like, right in front of me. And they had, like... They have three beautiful kids. And I was like, oh my it's God, so it's so sweet to me. I don't, I it's like, wow, you meet on reality television and you stay together and it's been yeah. like 20 something years. Sean and Rachel are also still together. Sean, who was on the real world Boston and Rachel oh. who was on San Francisco. Oh, but they met on like a challenge or something. Exactly. Look at you uh, knowing all the things. You, just, you know, I'm you a know. child of MTV. Grew MT- out. I aged out of that shit. MTV but raised I was. us both. No, I, I, remember, I remember there was a time I was like, I'll never not watch MTV. MTV is my network. They do it all. Not and then anymore. All of a, and then all of a sudden you're just like, but this programming doesn't apply to me. Like it, it took me a while to figure out like, but why? I am young and vibrant. MTV should speak to me. And it just... Nope. I can't tell you the last time I flipped on the MTV. I tried recently and I was like, I don't know what's happening. And I had to I change the channel. Don't connect to this. No. <laughs> so my number six, I'm going to bracket all the celebrities together, all together. Okay. So I can just run them all together. So okay. there's Vicky Martinez, who you might remember, because I think you watched the show. She was a former finalist on The Voice. Don't know her. On the first season. Maybe it was before before you uh, Yeah, it was before I tapped in. in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Vicky Martinez, she was an outspoken member of the LGBT community. She was one of four gay contestants that The Voice had in its very first season. So props yeah. to The Voice, because I think, Hell like, yeah. American Idol, it took them a good while to be able to, like, have an openly American gay... American Idol's stupid. The Voice um, is way more, like, we're open... Literally, we're open to everybody. It's true. That's the whole entire idea about it. It's, like, how talented you are. Whereas, you know, I think American Idol is sort of in the bullshittiness of the music industry. Completely. And then there's also singer Ricky Martin, who he can get it. Ooh, Aneke, he could get it from me. He still looks good. He's holding up well. He could get it from me all day, every day. So he's slay. And I, oh. I, I had that album when he came out with that Live in La Vida Loca album. Ooh, did I have that? It he, was hot shit. He brought in that Latin explosion back in the 1998, 1999. <laughs> I he watched was, it on MTV. <laughs> oh, God. And when he gets that hot candle wax put on him. Wait, that, how like, old is he now? Timeless, he looks great. Timeless, Aneke. He yeah. is <laughs> father timeless. Poppy timeless. That is him. I am into it. Um, So props to him because he, you know, came out. He's been around forever. He was in Menudo. Right. He, yes. You know, apparently. Child star, grown up in well. A, in 1988, he moved to America after finishing high school in Puerto Rico to start his solo career. Nobody heard anything to him for 10, like, what is that? Stop like it. 10 more years, but. He was Wait, grinding it out. But you know what? That's why hold on to your dreams. Because what would have happened if Ricky Martin would have just after a year or two gave up? We would have never got to live our La Vida Loca. 
So true. So way to go. And Ricky Martin, if you're listening, you can get it. You can get it from me all day. James day, wants you. Woof. <laughs> I think he's uh, married. Well, I don't. I, he just okay. has kids. I don't think he is. I think he has kids and he's seeing someone. And I want kids too. So I am open to this. We can <laughs> Ricky talk Martin, about it. Not only does James want you, he wants your kids. <laughs> I'm down for it. I am down for it. I'm assuming with all that money, we have, you know, like someone who can take care of the kids for most of the time. As we I like how you automatically said, Loca. <laughs> we had, you're already including yourself in oh, his money. Got to secret this, you know, you already just okay. got to claim it. Neka. You got to claim it for yourself. So I now will only, oh, and I don't even have to change my own last name. It's destiny. Oh, that's right. James well, Martin. Wait, you're not, you don't go by that though. In your, I will life. now. I will now. <laughs> James Arthur Martin. There it is. Um, <laughs> one more. Uh, two more celebrities I'm going to put in the number six category. Orlando Cruz. He can also get it. He could be Who's my that? little side piece on the side. Orlando Cruz, Aneke. He's the he, uh, Puerto Rican boxer. Became the first out... Um, the first boxer to come out as gay. He came out back in oh. October 4th, 2012. Okay. And first boxer to come out while still being professionally active. And he wow. said, I have always been a proud Puerto Rican. I've I have always been and always will be a proud gay man. And after he came out, he uh, won a fight like, you know, two weeks later. So. Wow. Anything, just being your real self and your best self just only helps. I agree. And then the rounding celebrity corners, they're all sharing number six. And these are in no particular order. They're just the order that I did my research on. Emily Rios, who if you watch The Bridge on FX or Breaking Bad or Friday Night Lights, she is uh-huh. an out and proud lesbian Latina. So I just wanted to wow. throw her. Cool. So going, going over to Bookland, which is where I know you love to hang out with all them books. I mean, I like information, but, you know, books have that in it. And every time you say that, I just imagine you at the front desk telling them to get information, like Beyonce. Yeah. yeah. That's what I imagine. <laughs> it's a good um, visual. It's a good one. <laughs> that, and I, I step right up. I want information. I will line right up. So number seven, Charles Rice Gonzalez. He was born in Puerto Rico as a writer and LGBT activist. He published his first novel, Cholito, which okay. means little cutie. And so now yeah. I know what all the boys on the block be yelling to me. Now Stop it, James. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand. Um, he, right, he wrote this story called Cholito. It's a coming out story about a young Latino who grows up in an environment that is very oppressive of gay culture. And then he also has a second book that he's working on around similar topics. So that's, you yeah. know, just to get a different sort of um, medium to get that LGBT Latin experience that is missing from queer narratives. That's awesome. And then <laughs> number eight, Jorge Gutierrez, he was brought across the U.S.-Mexico border by his parents illegally. And today, he works as an undocumented queer activist trying to bridge the gap between LGBT and pro-immigration groups. So what I love is that it's that whole entire other conversation about not only, you know, being LGBT, but also coming out as like an undocumented person working at, living here in the U.S. So cool. Yeah, that's a good experience that we all need to hear from. Right? That's another story that I feel like we don't really hear a lot about. And his work is focused mainly focus on the dream act which the dream act is about the department relief development relief and education of alien minors and so he's right which donald trump that. wants to get rid of right yeah so again like and you know we talk about this all the time in our podcast but it's like how intersectional a lot of these issues and struggles are definitely um and then there is running it out there's the cuban-american Jarrett barrios 
Uh He is the former president and chief executive officer at GLAAD. But most recently, Uh he became a Massachusetts state senator. And Barrios held dual honors as the first Latino and first openly gay man elected to the Massachusetts Senate. And in this position, he spearheaded the the legislation for equal marriage rights in Massachusetts. So he was on the very forefront. Remember, Massachusetts was the first state to legalize gay marriage. So Barrios Uh was um, on the front lines of getting that pushed through. Oh, nice. And that's another person I'm saying these in their names. It's like, look out for them when you start seeing them make their way on the public stage because these are our we future leaders. We need to support leaders. these politicians. Wow, a lot of firsts, too. A lot of firsts. In this right? Place. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the time that we're living in. A time of firsts. We're the first right. Minority Corner podcast. So that. <laughs> Rounding out my list, it's Sergeant Shane Ortega. And so... Okay. Sergeant Shane Ortega served three tours in the United States military until his most recent physical reached the Aero Medical Board in oh. Fort Rucker, and where he was then revealed to be transgender. So after that, they're like, "Yeah, you can't serve anymore," and Fuck. he was resigned this to a desk job in Hawaii after already doing three tours. I know this in the is US insulting. Military. Insulting. Right. Yeah. And um has just and he continues to advocate for the fifteen thousand five hundred transgender citizens estimated to be currently serving in the military because there's wow. that law that, that was passed back in the nineteen seventies that banned that. And I also want to say, Sergeant Shane Ortega, you can also get it because I saw this photo. Please get that's the other thing. When pride hits around, it's like it's gay Christmas, and I also I feel love oh, in so many different ways in so many other regions. But you see this photo. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But Sergeant Shane. Take it, you see the I, I mean, uh-huh. look at the photo, and you would be like, Ooh, you can get it, you can get I'm it, sure. Ortega. you can get it. <laughs> and also, I just want to throw some shade because I am purposely leaving off Perez Hilton from this list. Oh, Perez well. Hilton, whose real name is Mario Armanda Lavendera Jr. Wouldn't you just... say that he's getting better though? Like, he isn't okay as drama and like he's gotten more positive on his post he said he would as soon as he's become a father so i mean at least that okay i feel like i just read something recently and i was like oh. so maybe you're right maybe you're I don't right know. maybe I you're don't right know. so mm. and just to round this out that the pulse nightclub will be turned into a museum fundraising Ooh, uh, there's a good. fundraising effort that's happening right there um yeah. i and i want to give major props to la pride you just had your resist march you turned your pride festival into a resist march which i think I is love dope. It. um so dc dope. you had the march for unity and pride which is dope um i hope other cities fall into that like there's so much more it, it's it's so interesting because i think just a year ago la was talking about that they were going to turn their pride festival into a music festival and you know um, with the people election got of, so upset about that yeah but with the election of trump everybody's realized how much these marches are still so incredibly important so i and recommend necessary Unnecessary. So this is a month of being not only prideful, but also of resistance. So if you're looking for ways to get involved, um, definitely like participate in any marches or or donate, especially as an ally. If you're like, I don't know what to do this month, you know, yeah. donate your time, donate your money yes. to these LGBT causes. Definitely get involved in some way into yeah. pride, resistance and culture in some way this month. Thanks, James. This was wonderful. Well, you know what? It is. Well, yeah. I don't even know what to say. I'm at a loss for words, but I just want to kick it, which that's a first. James at a loss for words. Shut up. That's just my inner voices on the inside. Be nice to me. It's pride. Okay. We're going to kick it over to you and let's Yay. do it. Okay. We'll see you there.
y'all. We are here. It is. Yes, we are. Summer. Ooh. We are ready Liam. for vacation. My allergies have ramped um, the fuck up. Right. It is crazy. They are in full force today. She is. She is pushing through, y'all. My face. It was. It's, I was fine at the beginning of this podcast, but then halfway great. through, my face just started to melt and leak out of my nostrils. So I'm gonna try mm-hmm. and get this going, you guys. So. So if you if you get any snot on you, that's just the magic of technology. You know what? Just, Enjoy it. It's a like blessing 4D. from me to you. Oh, get that get <laughs> snotty. Okay, so when you travel around on your vacations with your families mm-hmm. and your friends, mm-hmm. you're going to see a monument. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. You're going to walk into a monument, and you're going to see it in nine times out of ten. It's going to be a dude. It's be a dude. Right. Yeah. So if you are traveling to some of these places that I'm going to bring up, why not take your family or yourself to one of these feminist monuments? Mm, why not? Right. It's a great question. So I'm just going to take a little trip around the world and the country and give you just some landmarks to kind of keep an eye out for. This is great because I am planning my summer plans now and you are coming at me at the right time. Okay. Well, this one is closer to you. Perfect. This is. Where's she at? This is in um, upstate New York. Okay. It's a little far. It's a little far, but it's still in your state. Okay. <laughs> Anytime you tell someone from New York City to go upstate, it's like, oh lord! I feel like I going know. to Cal- I like going to California would be easier. <laughs> I know. So I am encouraging. So um, in upstate New York, there's a place called Seneca Falls, and Seneca Falls was the location of the iconic Seneca Falls convention that had um, many of an early feminist traveling there, including Susan B. Anthony. Um, several different suffragettes coming up to talk about um, women in the vote. Yeah. And so definitely go up to Seneca Falls, check it out. Um, Is it a statue? Um, There's a lot of different things. So there is the Susan B. Anthony house, which is in Rochester, New York, which is right up in the same area. It is on Madison street. Um, It's preserved in its original location. Um, Along with Susan B. Anthony's sister home, which now serves as a visitor center and gift shop. So the house offers guided tours from Susan B. Anthony enthusiasts and hosts events throughout the year and gives you an inspiring sense for all the rich history that took place within its walls. I love me some Susan B. Anthony. So you know what? I might make Mm -hmm. that trek up to go up there. You should do it. There is even, um, just beyond our house, there's a statue of Susan B. Anthony having tea with Frederick Douglass. It's called Let's Have Tea. What? That sounds like the best statue ever. Why is it just tucked away over there? Yes, please. I know, because they were friends. So I like that they um, included <laughs> that. Do you think one day there'll be a statue of you and I like at, with around like a podcasting microphone? That would be the best. I would be so into that. <laughs> Called, it's going to happen. Mark my words. Let's have some giggles. That would be let's the name of... Let's have some giggles is the name of the statue. <laughs> Not minority quarter of the statue. Let's have some giggles. Oh, yeah. What did they do? Giggle that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true. So you're right. You're right. Exactly. We're giggling right now. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So in Seneca Falls, New York, which is right up in um, close to Rochester, um, there is the um, Gagandia Seneca Art and Cultural Center. It's um, about 40 minutes outside of Seneca Falls. It features interactive displays, guided tours, and a replica of a 1670s longhouse. The center highlights the cultural of the Seneca 
and Iroquois people native to the area, as well as their traditional metrial line society that continues to this day. Mm. So that you could make you go up to the first one and then you cross right over and there you are. Exactly. Um, another place when you are already in Seneca Falls, you might want to take um, a look at the Elizabeth Caddy Stanton house. She was another suffragette who worked along with Susan B. Anthony. I'm not prov- promoting her that much, even though she did a lot for women's rights. I'm sensing some side eye. She is racist. Okay, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? I think it's okay to gloss over. Her. But like, is it her f- like, because of the time period? Is it her fault? Do you think she would still? Susan I mean, B. Anthony was having tea with Frederick Douglass. Fair enough. So there's not an excuse when your friend, okay. your homegirl, is able to get over some some deep rooted racism because you're like living with racism and slavery at the time. If your yes. homegirl's able to get over it, you can too. So you know what? what? You- I'm right with you. What's your fucking deal, Elizabeth Caddy Stanton? Living up to her last name, Caddy. Okay, so I um want to move on from upstate New York. Where are we going next? I we're really gonna feel like go I'm to... on a magical summer adventure. <laughs> we're on a magical summer tour. So we're going back down. This is going to be way easier for you. I figured since okay. we went into new um, upstate New York, now okay. we're going to NYC. Oh, perfect. So you took me out of home just to come on back. That's good. Just That's to come good. on back. Now I feel like I went so, somewhere. Okay, I'm going to give you three from New York City. All right, here we go. So um, at Riverside Park, there's a statue of Joan of Arc. Um, I live right by Riverside Park, so excuse me, I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> I did not know Joan of Arc was right in my own backyard. I live right next to Riverside Park. That's insane. Awesome. Yeah, it was created by the artist Anna Von Hyatt Huntington. All of the names. Ooh, she's um, <laughs> all the names right there. I see you, Ivana Von Huntington. <laughs> Hyatt. Anna Von oh, Hyatt Huntington. Damn. Get them all <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even see. Um, so this, um, she created this and was dedicated in 1915. And according to the Parks Department, a group of prominent New Yorkers started a Joan of Arc Monument Committee in 1909. Hmm. But Huntington only received received an honorable mention at first by the selected jury. They were skeptical a woman could have produced this impressive design by herself. Of a woman, I. You know what? Anyways, that is um, really like <laughs> I'm not sure, lady, if you're up to do this statue of Joan of Arc that we want she's like oh, i think i can, I think I can handle it with my feeble lady hands let me see what i can so muster up I'm surprised, I'm surprised when she finished they didn't call her a witch and try to burn her exactly um well you can go visit her statue which she designed um it is at the top of the steps to the park at riverside drive and west and 93rd street okay i'm not too far Okay, Eleanor Roosevelt is also in Riverside Park. Oh, damn. All the ladies. All the ladies. I know. So um, Riverside Park is also home to the monument dedicated to New York City-born former first lady Anna Eleanor Roosevelt. So Roosevelt's... Yeah. So she is at the threshold of the Riverside Park. um, And she's there looking very stoic and beautiful in bronze. Sounds like Anna to me. I, I only know her as Anna. So when you said Eleanor, I'm like, does she mean Anna? You're like, who dat? You mean Anna, 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 banana Roosevelt. That's what I used to call her. Okay. So in Bryant Park, 
Not Ooh. just fashion. Oh. There's Gertrude Stein. Well, of course she is. Oh, that one I've seen. I have snapped oh, okay, a few good. photos of okay, Gertrude good. Stein. I was like, Gertie, I see you here in this Bryant Park getting your fashion on. I see you. I see Gertie. There she is. You know, and she also spent some time in Oakland. So she's the connection between me and you. Oh. So. Uh, in fact, before we do a podcast, just how, how the sausage is made, Annette and I both go and touch our respective Gertrude, Gertrude Stein statues. <laughs> it's and true. Then we, <laughs> It activates our Wonder Twin podcasting powers. It's a big what to do what we have to do for this podcast. I really wish that was true. (laughs) All right, Anik, I'll see you at 4.30. You're you're like, you mean 1.30 my time? I'm like, let's do it. And we touch the statues. (laughs) And then we connect. We say Wonder Twins activate touching Gertrude's side. And then that's how this podcast is made. So. Uh, so this your your Gertrude Stein <laughs> statue, um, she's sitting cross-legged and um, she posed for Joe Davidson, who also sculpted who also sculpted the Fiora LaGuardia bust in Little Flower Playground on the Lower East Side in 1920 in Paris and was unveiled in the park in 1992. What? So she posed for this in 1920 and then they unveiled it in 1992. It was you know what you got to build an audience because you know what you just want to sort of like tease at something and then have a big reveal so that's i guess that's a long tease (laughs) there are people who did not make it to the unveiling of that (laughs) that's a long one (laughs) okay also i always thought bust mm -hmm. when every time we made a bust of something i imagine Mm -hmm. they just made a statue of boobies so (laughs) but i realize it's from the head up is that what a bust officially is yeah um shoulders oh shoulders it's not boobies but how come shoulders up Oh, but what what is a when they're say like ooh, there's her bust? They're not talking about her boobs. That's a boob. That oh, a bust okay. Is, I don't know. So you can this see the has confusion. dual meaning. Because when you it's said the, they meaning. put a bust in a children's park, I was like, oh, the French. No, Just like, no, okay. no. All right. Uh-uh. No. You never okay, know. so that was NYC. So we did that. So let's move on. Where are we going next? Now I'm we're going to go to East Bay. Oh, we're just we're going coming right on across over the country to over touch to your here. Gertrude side. Yeah. So, okay, you know the Rosie the Riveter? Oh, I know her well. Okay, so Rosie the Riveter actually originated over here in the Bay Area. Mm, I've heard of that. Um, yeah, so at the height of the war, World War II, um, everybody, if you don't know the Rosie the Riveter image, go, go, go away. Is, but anyway. There is an after-school special. Google it. There, are an after, there is a magic school bus special for you. There's a reading rainbow school bus special for you. So there much. Is, there is a ghost writer special for you. We don't there, got no time to explain this shit to you. There's an Amanda Bynes special for you. It's all there for you. Okay, so... Um, Many of these women that worked in the in um, in the shipyards during World War II um, were based out of Richmond, California, and mm. that has become the unofficial Rosie the Riveter area. Like every year, they have a um, Rosie the Riveter festival where people show up dressed as Ro- Rosie the Riveter: men, women, children, dogs, and I think they even won the Guinness Book World Record of having the most people dressed as Rosie the Riveter in one spot. Well, I bet. When is this festival yeah. and when are we going and why are we not doing it already? We could totally do it. I think it happens every um Summer. I forget what day it is, but we'll figure it out. We'll go. Okay. We'll do a live episode from there. So Richmond is home to the Rosie National Monument. The installation is Marina Bay Park, one time site of Kaiser Shipyard. 
is an interactive piece commemorating the women's contribution to the victory. It begins with a sculpture designed to evoke the image of a ship's hull under construction, a walkway roughly as long as a warship keel with a timeline of important historic events leads to the edge of the water and looks over the Richmond Marina. The armrest at the edge reads, you must tell your children, put modesty aside, that without us, without women, there would have been no spring in 1945. Damn. Deep, Getting right? It. Yeah. <laughs> y'all need to give y'all need to give Richmond, California more cred because that fact that, that is just sitting there in Richmond, California. Mm-hmm. People need to check it out. Okay, so let's move on. So let's see. Now we're gonna go to Where are we going DC. Next? We're going oh, to Washington, DC. You just DC. got me ping ponging all across the nation. <laughs> but you know what? It keeps me on my toes so I don't get too comfortable nowhere. We going back to the East Coast. Let's do it. I'm like, we were just there, but okay. Okay, so President Obama designated a new national monument in Washington. Well, I guess it's not new anymore. What 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 date is this on? This is last year. So okay, last still year, new. that's still new. Still newish. That's still newish. So, and the next definition, if it wasn't yesterday, it's old. She's like, that's old. It's old news. Old news to I me. am current up to the day. <laughs> okay. So in Washington, D.C., there is um, Belmont Paul's Women Equality National Monument. Oh. Um, it is going to be designated in the House, uh, or it is designated in the House of the National Women's Party, which is also known as the Seawall Bel- Belmont House. Um, it is named after two key players in the early days of the suffragette feminist movement, Alva Belmont, who was a major benefactor of the National Women's Party, mm-hmm. and Alice Paul, who founded the party and was the chief strategist. The house is one of the oldest historic mansions in the capital, and it is located on 144 Constitution Avenue Northeast. It's near the Supreme Court and Senate office buildings. So go check it out. All right, yeah. All sorts of things there, pictures. Um, It's a beautiful brick house, nicely preserved, and it should um, nicely supplement all the terrible things that are happening in Washington right now. Probably. (laughs) And do you think that's where the song Brick House came from? Sure. I bet they all were brick houses. I bet they were. (laughs) Just let it all hang out. Probably not letting it all hang out. It was the turn of the century. You know what they were letting all hang out? (laughs) Their emotion and their passion and their fight. They were letting that all hang out. So I think that's what, now that's what Brick House actually means. It was about the women's suffrage uh, building. I love it. That is perfect. Okay, you ready to go international? Okay. Oh, 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 we're leaving the country. I wasn't ready. I gotta get my passport. No, but seriously, my passport expires in like two weeks. I gotta get that shit changed. You need to re-up that. You about to take some international travel. I am. Okay. I just got my new passport photo today. Here it okay. is. Okay. Oh, all right. I'm squinting me... in it. I was looking at my notes, but now you're showing Instead, me. You look, look good. You look nice. Me. I know. You look very nice. I was nice. smiling at it, and the woman was like, don't smile. I was like, that yeah. is like asking a... You were smiling with your eyes, though. You were you trying to smile. It's what I do. You cannot You're trying to sneak out a smile this. in that picture. It's what I do. It's a million okay. dollar smile. Where are we going? Internationally, where are we going? So we're England. going to England right now. How did so, I know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. So there's the Victoria Memorial in London, England. So a fitting tribute to the longest reigning British monarch. Um, mm. Elizabeth II, our, the current queen, she has um, a couple more years before she gets to Victoria. She is holding that on. She is holding yeah. on to <laughs> that. Don't you take this away from me. <laughs> 
So there is a bronze um, and marble memorial stand um, statue that stands grandly in front of Buckingham Palace in the center of Queen's Garden. Dedicated in 1911 and finished in 1924, the Victoria Memorial features layers upon layers of details. Most notable is the gilt-coated winged victory figure that towers from on high. Um, The statue of Queen Victoria is... 13-foot likeness carved in stone faces away from the palace and down the mall. She's joined by an angel of truth on one side and justice on the other with clarity or charity. Jesus. I am so, so- glad <laughs> Jesus is there too. No. And Jesus. This is elaborate. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I'm so glad you met because I've been, I was just, I saw her. I saw, I saw that hoe back yeah. in December when I was there for the holidays. Oh, and so you, know you what? saw that thing. I have pictures. I can send you. I had no idea okay. what this was. Because it is, and you know, when you said it is elaborate, yeah. and okay, it is gaudy and elaborate. Yeah. It did. It seemed like it was some <laughs> goddess or something. I would never have guessed that it was just regular old Victoria, Victoria II. <laughs> okay, she's a human. She puts her dress on over her head just like everybody else. You know, not everybody can be the Queen of England. That, okay, you know, we're coming back that to stateside. Not everybody can be the Queen of England. Words of truth from Maneke. <laughs> you know what? Not everybody can be the Queen of hey, England. <laughs> I only speak the truth. You are the magical sitar. Okay, so we're going back to the States now. Well, you, you got back. me all over the place, Maneke. <laughs> I just unpacked my bag. You and know, now we you go, need okay. to get ready. You're coming you, back home. Okay, all right? Carmen, San Diego, let's go. All right, okay. let's do this. We're all going right. to Florida. <laughs> Oh no! Okay. Just... So, oh. Um, oh, okay, we're gonna go to Julia Tuttle statue, which is in Bayfront okay. Park, Miami, Florida. So, um, the founding mother of Miami, Julia Tuttle, basically willed the city into existence when she first stepped what? foot in the swamp lands of South Florida in 1875. Tuttle had a vision for a city built along the Miami River. Six years yeah. later, she was she settled on 600 plus acres along the river and then set about gathering the 300 signatures needed to incorporate the city her most legendary I, I know right, right? um the her most legendary accomplishment though aside from creating I mean, miami what else do you was... need to do i created miami see this hotbed of <laughs> spring break uh luxury i did that i know she enticed railroad baron Henry Flagler to extend the railroad the length of Florida to put her city on the wow. map. He remained uninterested in such a move until an extreme frost ruined the orange crop of north and central Florida one winter. Well, okay, great. Thanks, Henry great Flagler. Move. But you know what? Ju- Julia Tuttle... She fucking did this shit. So she has a 10-foot-tall bronze statue overlooking the seaport in Miami. Um, and her statue, she's holding a basket full of oranges. Wow. She was like, <laughs> whose city is this? Mine. Who? This is my city, who bitch. Won from, who, who run Miami? <laughs> Julia Tuttle. <laughs> Julia Tuttle fucking did this shit. Okay, you ready for more travel? Yeah. We're going to Australia. Oh, okay. All right. Well, at least we're, if you were going to say we're going back to England, I was like, we were just there. No, we were, we're just there, the world girl. Now. We're going on the other side of the world. You are quite the spicy tour guide because you keep us all on our toes. Okay. But you know what? It's winter there now. Should I bring a coat? You should probably bring a coat. Okay. Okay. So we are going to the Edith Dirksery Cowan Memorial, which mm. is in Kings Park, Park Perth, Australia. So... 
An established champion of women and children's issues, Edith Cowan campaigned hard in the effort to pass the 1920s legislation to open Parliament to women. When the legislation passed, she immediately put it to the test, running in the 1921 state election to represent West Perth in the Legislative Assembly of Western Australia. Mm. Well known through her work for the Red Cross during World War I and her involvement with groups ranging from the National Council of Women and Children's Protection Society, she won her seat and became the first female in any of Australia's parliament. Damn. Yeah. So, um, her, um, so her monument is an elegant clock tower, which is roughly 20 feet tall. And at the entrance to Kings park, it was built in 1934. The memorial itself is a trailblazer too, as it is believed to be the first civic monument built to honor a woman in Australia. Oh, wow. Well, good day to that. <laughs> I was going to say good day, Mike, but I guess that's a little more masculine. What, what's like, good day, mom? I don't know. I don't really know much about Australian oh, well. history. That's yeah, okay. I don't. I should know more. You can't know it all, Aneke. You can't know, know it all. I know. Sounds like a okay. challenge. Next week, she's like, and here's the history of Australia. <laughs> Where are we going next? Let's just do one more. Let's go to the National Women's Monument which is in South Africa. Oh, yeah. I was hoping I was hoping we were going to go to Africa next. Fantastic. That's where we'll leave it. Yeah. So this is called the. Um, OK, so the National Women's Monument or the oof, Virno okay. Monument. Well done. Hey, <laughs> we'll put it on. We'll put it on the Facebook group and you I can, got more you can to go look at it from oh. Bloemfontein, <laughs> South Africa. You're doing good. You're doing good. Thank you. Words it's dedicated hard. to those more than 27,000 martyr women who died during the Boer <gasps> War in the Damn. British concentration camps. It consists what? of a 115 foot tall obelisk and two bass relief panels depicting women being herded into a concentration camp, clutching their few paltry possessions and a weakened child dying while a woman kneels at his bedside. God, I sure picked an uplifting one, didn't I, for the last one? Jesus. You you did. But you know what? I mean, this is like at least the other stories, like in some ways... I mean, this is, you've opened up the Pandora's box. Maybe we can circle, circulate back to this moment in history. Right. I, I want to know what this is. I don't know I what know this is. I know nothing about this. And Neither the fact, like, do I. This. And this is probably something that England would rather you forget. Yeah. But Aneke has just reopened it up for us to go investigate on. So this is good, Aneke. We should go take a look at this. We need to look at this because 27,000 women dying is nothing to shake a stick at. And I know nothing about the Bo- Boer War, which is B-O-E-R War. So I think this is a future Minority Corner investigation. I think we might need to put a pin on this and circle back to this. The investigation continues. Look at that. And Neke, what's amazing is you took us on a worldwide history adventure tour. And then we end it on a, like, it's like we think the mystery is solved and the, it just more questions just opens up even more More questions you literally just lost at us you just <laughs> we open up the hatch and there was more questions in there so look at so, you so if anything if while you're getting your inspiration we all go on little vacations here and there throughout the country and internationally over the summer try and take some time out to check out a feminist monument 
can't hurt a little bit of history and you might find out something more about the places that you're visiting. Fantastic. Absolutely. And stop looking at these statues of these old, boring white men. Like, I'm done. If I see one more statue, I don't know. I'm going to push it over and then I'm going to get arrested. So what I need to do is just, <laughs> I need to go check out these statues. So I will just yes. look at them and be like, this is amazing. I'm glad I saw this. And then I don't go to jail. So thank you, Aneki, for helping me avoid jail time. You're welcome. I can, I'm proud to be of service. <laughs> you were like my, like, what's that magic school bus teacher lady name? Miss Frizzle. Frizzle. That's you. But Miss. I'll take it. I'll I call love you, that. You know what? I'm going to call you Miss Sizzle because you are smoking hot. Except, uh, sure. Except for today. I'll take that. I mean. I don't, <laughs> today I'm feeling kind of low, but I'll but take But any it. other I'll day I'll call it. you Miss Sizzle. <laughs> Thanks, Miss Sizzle. corner promoting things Ooh, yeah. you took on the jingle this time well, i am you know. not mad at that <laughs> uh we have a new segment that will come and hit you every once in a while we don't know it's brand new so it's just a neck we're testing it out we are testing it out we're seeing how it goes dipping our neck- toe in the water I just can't handle this beanie action. And I've never seen that. She looks like she could be playing (laughs) Queen Latifah's cousin in Set It Off 2. These allergies are killing me. And this beanie is my only sense of comfort right now. (laughs) You do your thing. (laughs) Let me have this. (laughs) You can have it all you want. I wanted to throw it on. This is the thing that we're going to every once in a while. You corner kids are so talented and brilliant. And every once in a while you uh, poke us and you're like, hey, I'm doing this beautiful, talented thing. And every once in a while we're going to, you know, sort of plug and promote some of the stuff that you're doing. Because we love it. We love it. There's such great stuff that's happening. And so this one goes to John. I'm going to say your full name because otherwise how people are going to find it. This is John Cerrito. Um, he has a movie um, coming out called The Way You Look Tonight. It's a Kickstarter campaign. Yes. I checked it out. The Kickstarter video looks really amazing. Um, please, like, I think if we all like, you know, give like five bucks to this really amazing project. And you're like, but what is the project? And yeah, what is it? Well, The Way You Look Tonight is pitched as a magically realistic romantic comedy with a secret queer agenda. And the film follows a man named Peter who's approaching 30 and still trying to navigate the modern online dating culture. After a whimsical romantic evening with a mysterious young woman ends with him waking up alone. Peter tries to put the night behind him, turning to a new dating site guaranteed to find his perfect match. But... With each date from the site, Peter notices strange similarities between each woman and the first amazing date. As the connection between these women is revealed, Peter discovers a whole new world of people and experiences that will make him challenge his notions of identity, sexuality, and love. So I think what happened, yeah, and so sometimes it's going to be like, it's a dude. And he's like, you know, but it's like, who do we really fall in love with? Why are you trying to spoil it? (laughs) <laughs> well, if we're if you're going to be investing into this movie, you need to know as an investor what's going on. I don't 
don't so, want to know what the plot twist is. <laughs> Nekka, you're an event investor. You don't get that privilege. We need to we need to help fund this movie. Nekka, this movie's not for you. This movie hey. is for us to get this movie for we have okay. to help this movie get made so other people can enjoy it and experience it. So I that's agree. what it is. So I'm gonna post this on the minority corner kids um playground. What's the name of it again? It is called uh, The Way You Look Tonight. You can probably find this if you on Kickstarter. I'll also post a link. So good work. I just love people doing such great work and I think challenging stuff. And you know what got me? His his, He did a sizzle reel that you'll see on the Kickstarter uh, thing. And it's just Kickstarter video, which is so dope. So... Way to Everybody go. watch it. John Everybody C. support it. I'm excited it. for this. I can't wait for this thing to come out and we can all say that we are his secret backers. Absolutely. <laughs> we are secret. Well, with us, what's going to really be a secret? I'm going to be like, Nothing. I back that. Public I backers. back that. <laughs> um, before we close, there's something I've just been meaning to talk about and I just have to. It is ripping yeah. my soul. It is yeah. ripping my loins. And I just, I need, I need to talk to you about it. So I was in the club being an adult. Uh-huh. And by that, I mean, I just had like, I had two dr- two drinks and I was out dancing, yeah. living my best life. Doing and what you do. a certain song came on and I'm going to give it. The song's got a great beat. You and I have talked about it. So Katy Perry's oh, no. Swish yeah. Swish came on. And every time that song comes, then that song came on, everybody turned into like, they were back in some 80s ball culture. Everybody ah. was doing their best ball thing. And the, the beat is sick. I love the beat. It's really great. It got yeah. me hooked. Yeah, I she's a the- witch. She knows she has the best producers. <laughs> she knows exactly what she's doing. I she I think the I like the term witch I use as like a really can we call her something else? Because I would say like witches are badass people who make uh, I see what you're saying though. She but just you know, puts a spell. I'm not saying that oh, witch is bad yeah. or good. I'm just saying that there's a spell that comes over you when you listen to her dance jams and you wouldn't and- expect it. I, the reason why I wanted to call this song out in particular is because it is Pride Month. And when you're listening right. to that beat and when you're just like, oh, this beat is so sick and so amazing. It's right. what I've seen from a lot of these pop divas. They continuously are stealing black queer house ball culture. And it's driving me yep. insane. And what it's makes so me true. so. And someone said like, so that, you know, on her SNL thing, she did an SNL performance and she had right. like some, she had some drag queens all up in it. Right. Right. And yeah. But which is great. But at the same time, it's like it would be I look forward to the day when the rightful owners of the music can take the spotlight for their creations and get the credit that they deserve for the impact that they that they create they help to create and uplift our current culture yes I completely agree I feel like what happens normally is everybody's culture gets co-opted and it comes to the public by not by those who are creating it but by those who are co-opting it so it'd be nice if someone like um, if you like um, a Katy Perry, then maybe you should look into somebody who is um, a part of the the POC queer community, like um, Shamir. Mm. I would suggest looking into mm. Shamir. Um, young, awesome, danceable, amazing pop music, but mm. coming from young queer black youth. Mm. So check yep. that out instead. If you like if you find yourself liking Swish Swish, use it as a as a gateway drug to get you into the the pure shit. Absolutely. And I can thank you for that. Yeah. I'm actually gonna go look that up too because I need to get me some of that. I just I wanna just point it out because I, I was even at the like Jennifer Lopez has this song called Tens and you know Tens was about like the runway. You get ten tens tens on the runway. Right. Uh when you're doing your Vogue ball thing, right? Yeah. And there's just so many divas that just like continuously steal the, the music it. and, and 
and just taking it. And like, we're not getting our credit for it. And, and I just really wanted to cite I, Katy Perry really, really hard. I know, do I even need to, but I'm going to, but <laughs> just a list of things that she did. She kissed, a, she said she kissed a girl and she never did. She's a mess, and, everybody. And, so she tattooed us. She tattooed us. She played the like the, the lesbian thing to get some, you know. Uh, I don't even know if the young people listen to our podcast know who tattoo is. Who tattoo is? They're like, hey, they're not gonna get us. They're not gonna get us. Uh, see what oh, I did there? And she one. also used homophobic producers, Migos or Migos or whatever, on one of her Bon Appetit songs. They've said some homophobic shit. They're not she also producers. Had a song. They're rappers. They're a rap group. Old man James, get with the program. I don't know who they are. All I know is that these people with their bebopping and shoe bopping a boopin and their rap music so apparently shit and then they she put them on their album she's supposed to be like this like lgbt like ally and then she also had a song called like you're so gay right like i know she's a mess i do want to talk talk briefly on the migos thing because there has been some controversy in that they said some um homophobic shit about i love makonin who did the going up in a club on a tuesday he did that Mm. song he came out as gay or bisexual and then they said something fucked up and then they retracted it well one did there's three people in the group so one probably said something and the other two were like shut your fucking face and then apparently that ricocheted into a false rumor about them not wanting to be on stage with drag queens on SNL that's oh. up for question so I mm. while I don't think what they said about I Love Makonin is excusable it's fucked up it's homophobic and we need to stop perpetuating that especially in the hip hop community I do want to just add a little of doubt into the fact that what they said or didn't want to be on stage with the drag queens on SNL because that might have been false. Sure. I guess I just feel like, I feel like if Katy Perry is really about yeah. the cause, she, if she's get, like for one partnering with people who have right. a questionable thing, that's weird. Yeah. Right. And like, to me, like she had an opportunity to be like, Hey, I will do this song with you. I want you on the song. You're going to make hella money. But first I need you to come out and be like a, a, a supporter. Right. But she's just, she's after that dollar. She and is. She she's false. Said that she was, she said she said she was going for pop activism and that turned out to be her just trying to make another buck. Exactly. So, exactly. Say what you will about Britney Spears. She, at least for the most part, stays in her lane as a white woman and creates poppy white women like music like even her vogue ball song work bitch just came off as white girl vegas edm so thank you brit brit for not co-opting too many other cultures that's a sad award to have to give out well i believe that we had an excellent episode even though i was on half mass but you know what you kept me up you kept me going listen snuffle up i guess i'm just gonna call you sexy up i guess (laughs) You powered on through. You power bottomed on through this episode. That's me. So way to go. That's, you are, and that case, our original, original power, power bottom, bottom twunk, of Minority Corner. Our, our original power bottom twunk of Minority Corner. She made it through, y'all. She made it through. So goo goo kachoo for you. Thank you. Um, you all can connect with us mm-hmm. in um, all kinds of ways. You can get on the Facebooks. Yeah, we're um, there's a Minority Corner Kid Playground. You can join that. Join the conversation with everybody. They're posting great things. And we have secret, we have extra goodies that we post in there as well. Yes. Um, yes. All kinds of stuff. There's that pamphlet that from last week about is prep uh, for you that one of our Corner Kids made. That's in That, that pamphlet is ready and right. rare and to go for you. It's also addressed to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, so wherever he is, I hope he gets to read it. He's dead. And so Uh, (laughs) you heard it here first news to me. There is the, um, don't forget to like minority corner Facebook group. 
Um, yes. We're also on Twitter, Minority Corner with a K. And also, if it really helps if you rate us and review us on iTunes, and also like if you tell if everybody tells one person about this podcast and shares their favorite episode, just helps our community grow uh, that much more, and we really appreciate that. Yes, and thank you for listening. You guys are the yes. best. You are our heroes. Thank you to everybody that I met at Max FunCon. It was amazing. Yes. Well, you better as 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 uh, Scissor Sisters say they have a new album. You better swirk it up they, oh they oh no that feels i know there we go that yeah, bums that me weird? out yeah. oh man yeah it's, it's swerving working twerking it's all the things they just they took it all you all can't just leave it alone i know <laughs> i you know i am going off this week on an episode and a harumphump so i love you all i'm gonna go harumphump in the corner <laughs> bye everybody see you next week <laughs> Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And we're the hosts of Rose Buddies. It's a podcast about the Bachelor family of products. We watch The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise. Yes, it is garbage television, but we're the king and queen of this garbage pile. We're the raccoons in charge around here. So join us on Tuesdays. Because the TV show's on Mondays. And basically we'll recap what we saw and we'll just sort of scoop the garbage around us and make a little fort out of it. No viewing required. But it's it's a good TV show. What are you doing? <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.